listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, kicking this hour off from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our pals at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Lots of flames talking hour one of the program. If you missed it, make sure to catch us on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We heard from Nazem Kadri, head coach Ryan Huska, Captain Michael Backlund, all as the team returned home to Calgary following their three-game road trip out east. And a quick reminder... We've got Calgary Wranglers hockey on your radios tonight. The Wranglers and the Bakersfield Condors. I've got your pregame show with GVP at 6 o'clock. Sandra Persina and Matty Rose on the call at 7 right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. And we're kicking off this hour with one of our Wednesday regulars. We're spinning around the NHL. I'm usually very happy to welcome in our next guest. Maybe a little less so today, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, good afternoon to our pal from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, Ailish Forfar joins us. Ailish, how are you? I've been waiting for this phone call all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the first time I've heard that, which is uh, usually a bad <laughs> sign for me. So, mm. uh, yeah, uh, if you missed it, uh, there might have been a game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames recently. Obviously, Ailish in Toronto. I'm here in Calgary. Uh, decided to put a little wager on it. I will have to <laughs> pay up on that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna force it till the very last minute of this phone call if I have to. Uh, but I will pay up. Uh, first things first. Uh, things in Toronto, uh, not bad. A double up loss to the Senators, but you beat the red hot Calgary Flames. Not, and you did manage a big win against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, lots of goals scored at least for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's going on in Leafland? Yeah, it's actually been a pretty quiet week. Uh, of course, the team's over in Sweden now, so I think it comes out a. It's interesting. It, it doesn't come out at a good time that they are winning some games and they go overseas where they're a little bit out of uh, the media spotlight, or does that kind of interrupt their flow? I think that's what we're interested in seeing. They play a 2 p.m. game on Friday and then a beautiful 8 a.m. game on your Sunday morning uh, <laughs> East Coast time. So that, that's going to be strange. At least it doesn't interfere with football Sunday. But, yeah, it was a pretty big win. I think some like I think Sunday's – or, sorry, Saturday's game against Canucks might have been, like, the most entertaining game uh, for the Leafs, for fans, you know, goal scoring, people putting things together. I think that it feels like they're finding uh, their level a little bit here. Uh, but that Flames game was interesting because, of course, it was like the Brad Tree Living uh, expose night, right? Both teams kind of constructed by the same guy. And all these weird rumors came out afterwards that apparently – a leaf said something to uh, Zadorov on the on the ice, being like, "You're exactly what we need on this team." I, I first of all don't know who's saying that in the middle of the game, but I guess that's like that's the real rumor going around that you know maybe the Leafs are going to do a deal with the Flames, and I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, like to to 
contact your ex and be like, Hey, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to trade, you want to work together again, but there's some nice pieces on Calgary that would look really good on the least blue line. I'm not a cap expert, but uh, the way that, you know, Tanev could look help bolster this blue line would be really nice. Uh, either of those two guys. So it was an interesting little Canadian action back to back here in Toronto and, and the guys are over in Sweden. So a bit of a weird, quiet week in terms of games. They won't get back on the ice till Friday, but uh, that last weekend brought some interesting insights. Yeah, a couple of things there. I want to start off with with the Tanev and Zadorov thing because that's kind of been the the big one. Obviously, Brad Sherliving knows both of those players well. He was Mm -hmm. instrumental, if not the key figure, in bringing them both to Calgary. When you look at this this Leafs team, do you look at a Nikita Zadorov or a Chris Tanev and be like, yeah, that is what this team really needs. I can see them going after that kind of deal. A trillion percent. Like, let's make it happen on this phone call because <laughs> that's been that's been the hardest thing I think to get confident about for the Maple Leafs from the off season until now. The first couple games, sample size was, you know, they have goal scoring that is very top heavy, but we're starting to see the third line figure it out a bit. Goaltending is is a question in a sense of like, hey, can we just find some consistency? But from day one of training camp um, until now, which is, I don't know, a couple uh, dozen games into the season, the blue line has been the discussion point every single game. Uh, Sheldon Keefe said it's out of control when he talked about the goals being scored um, against the Maple Leafs. And it's unfortunate, but like, we just don't have an, any depth. We don't have uh, other than poor Morgan Riley, who's basically shouldering most of the, of the heavy matchups. You know, we love Giordano, but he's 40 years old. We've got Timothy Lilgren got injured. So that didn't help out. And John Klingberg has been oh, on every headline here and, and not for a great way, right? Like it was a question what he was going to bring to the Leafs lineup. Uh, there was two sides of John Klingberg, right? The, the goal scoring uh, guy that's going to be a great power play wizard and then the fact that most people were saying that he is not good defensively I'm like well you know that's kind of his role so it hasn't been the greatest start to his experience and now he's dealing with a little bit of injury stuff there's weird rumors floating around that maybe it's more than just a little injury maybe he hit LTIR like when you hear things like that the, the short-term fix is not a couple Marlies. It's got to be a trade. And, you know, they always say around think, um, U.S. Thanksgiving could be a good time to figure that out. But I think the Leafs need to get on it sooner because if the Flames decide that it's time to sell, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at your pieces. And maybe having Brad Tree leaving with a good relationship and knowing these players and certainly getting them to Calgary could give the Maple Leafs the upper hand. But both of those, even one of them, could make such a substantial difference on this blue line, just like moving the depth um, down a little bit because we're relying way too much on either super old guys or super young guys. So yeah. we just need a little bit of like uh, good, hardworking, hard to play against, tough defensemen that are defensive specialists. So, uh, hello, we like both of them. Um, I'd be very interested in making it work. Uh, we'll see. I think, you know, if you go on Twitter, people are like, it's happening. They're just waiting till they're back from Sweden. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. You can't trade when you're in Sweden. Is there some sort of like international rule against that? Who, yeah. who knows? Uh, but it would look, I think they'd look really, really great. Uh, other part is you mentioned it too. It's one that we've caught on here and talked a lot about in Calgary since that game against Toronto was how odd it was to kind of hear from any game that a player might've said to another player, Hey, we'd 
You're exactly what we need here. Find your way, <laughs> find your way to the locker room because we could sure use you, Nikita. I guess from a, I guess I'll ask you this from a former player's perspective. I don't. Have you ever encountered anything like that? What would you even say if you heard one of your teammates say that? Like it's just, I don't know. I always assume that there's, you know, casual conversations between guys mm-hmm. that know each other, and then there's the the Brad Marchand and the Matthew Kachuk conversations, which are you know, less friendly and less radio friendly than we can get into. But I just, I can't ever remember, let alone having that story get out to the media that someone was like, yeah, hey, we we could absolutely use you on our team if you want to come over. It's so weird to me. I mean, I've, I've played either college hockey or professional against all of my friends. Like it's a small women's hockey world to say the least, but I'm, I'm sure in the NHL they train together as well. But like when I'm out there and it's like a former teammate or friend of mine, like you don't have time to have a, like it might just be like, what's up? Or like, you know, you give them a little chirp, but yeah. that sentence of like, you're exactly what we need here <laughs> is it's making me laugh out loud. But then we kind of did some digging and I'm pretty sure there was an overlap um, with Domi and Marner in uh, London. So so it might have been like one of those guys just saying it like it, it jokingly, but if you say something like that and, you know, Toronto, we, we know we hear everything. Like we're like hounds at the rink. We probably got the players bugged up secretly. Like we just need any info from the players. So the fact that it really did get out and like insiders are confirming that that did happen I mean, I think Zadorov's probably feeling good about himself. You know, his agent was. That was hilarious, the agent getting up on Twitter, too, and, like, you know, stoking the fire. Yeah. Uh, it would be a great fit. Uh, he would feel super welcome knowing that players on the team want him there. So <laughs> it's it's a very strange thing. I don't know if we'll ever hear something like that again where a player was talking to another player about just just stay here in the in the lot just switch your stuff over in the locker room uh but nonetheless i mean it, it it's a very strange story uh it could it could end up being something where that you know if he ends up on the leafs maybe there was something to be said about this little convo but i just found it kind of funny and i didn't believe it at first but now i'm being forced to believe it yeah it's still one of those ones that i'm trying to process i'm just i just you're right. And I think we have kind of narrowed it down too to some of the those London Knights teammates that it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense that that would be where it comes from. But still, it seems like <laughs> a very strange line of, of uh, chatter happening on the ice. But we'll see what comes mm-hmm. of that. Um, speaking of the Leafs and, and potentially bringing in somebody, uh, we're at the point in the season now where I guess Patrick Kane is feeling healthier and starting to explore his options. Of course, he had a surgery that kept him out to start the season. He was finishing the season with the Rangers last year after moving on from the Chicago Blackhawks and by all accounts wants to stay out East and has narrowed it down to a handful of teams that he's going to meet with. And apparently one of those teams has already been the Toronto Maple Leafs. When you think about the fit for Patrick Kane with the Toronto Maple Leafs, what comes to mind for you, Ailish? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Of course, the name is like, well, it's Patrick Kane. Like, you know, he's a proven winner. He's a Stanley Cup champ. Uh, he's, I think he put up like 92 points one year in 70 something games. Like, the resume is super impressive, but he's coming off an injury, um, of course. I think it's hip surgery, right? And yeah. I've had hip surgery, so I know that it's not um, the best to come back from as a hockey player. It takes a little while. Um, I'm obviously not an NHLer, but I, you know, I trained as hard as I could to get back in, and that first 
little bit of time is really difficult, especially getting into a season that's already under, uh, underway, right? It's not like he's coming into training camp and he can get his feet wet. It's like, hey, you want to start uh, in the middle of the season when teams are making a push? Like, it's a big thing um, physically, mentally, um, even just getting, like, your hands back um, in game speed, right? I'm sure he's out there doing all those little puck drills that he loves. Um, but the name aside and the pedigree aside, um, I don't – I don't really know if it's exactly what the Maple Leafs need. It's not the top of my wish list. I'll say that. Um, goals haven't really been the biggest issue for uh, the Maple Leafs. Like, we're scoring lots of goals. We have the top four players that just can't stop putting the puck in the net. I think if it's a comfortable third-line fit, which seems weird to say for Patrick Kane, then maybe that's maybe that's a good spot for him but if we had a wish list and i could only have one it would be that it would be that blue line right yeah nines is starting to look really good um the third line uh bertuzzi starting to look really good obviously max domi's found his his spot now um so you you wonder about sheldon keith who likes to tinker a lot and he likes to put the lines in a blender i think he's found something that's working right now over the past couple games Putting Patrick Kane in there, yeah, I'm sure we could find a way to make it work. Um, he's a guy that, that could certainly bring some offensive uh, power to this team. But I don't think he's, you know, the best defensive player. And I think that's exactly what the Maple Leafs need is somebody, if you had the wish list, that plays defense, that plays a strong defensive game. But can you imagine Patrick Kane in Toronto? Like, just there's two sides of me that's like, that would be so sick to cover. Like, just having Patrick Kane on your team, that boost, fans would absolutely love it. It would be a, a pretty impactful signing for a lot of reasons. But I wouldn't say it's my number one wish list item. I'm it's too bad that the Sabres haven't really made the jump that they had been expected to make. Cause I wanted to see that like the hometown connection. I, I was so pushing for that. I think that they're a little bit uh, lower in the standings than they had hoped to be. There's still a little bit of time um, I expect, but yeah, showtime was fun when he was, you know, in, in the big city. So either way, I, I don't think people would be upset with Patrick Kane, but if they had one thing that they needed to accomplish, I don't think it is Patrick Kane, uh, but we'll see how things shake out because obviously he's here. He's training in Oakville, just down the road from Toronto. Uh, he's got a lot of connections to this team. Obviously, the city uh, it has like welcomed him in his rehab process. So, it's. Uh, I think it's a possibility. It really seems like. Uh, I don't know. I think Brad Living's got a couple other things uh, higher up on his wish list too. Yeah, it feels like it's a, a fun idea, but as far as like as you said, mm. needs go, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I can't know that I would put Patrick Kane. I don't know like fifth or sixth mm -hmm. on my actual list of like, where do I need to fill in on this team? And it just feels mm -hmm. like they have that version. Like, I'm again, I'm with you. It would be a hell of a lot of fun to see him passing the puck around to Austin Matthews mm -hmm. on a power play and just ripping home one timers. But if you're the Leafs and you're sitting there and you're being honest about, you know, what, do, what do I really need here? I don't know that you can spend much money on, on mm -hmm. Patrick Kane because you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to upgrade the blue line one way or another. Even if it's not Zadorov and Tanev like we talked about, there's going to have to be some sort of movement there that's going to cost you at some point. Yeah, and I, I don't think that they are in a spot of luxury with cap space. Um, I yeah. think most teams could probably feel the same way. Um, I don't know what Kane expects in terms of 
okay, I'd like to play top six minutes versus maybe third line minutes. The guy obviously wants to win. He wants to go to a team that has that ability. But I just wonder about what your personal expectations are on a team like this. Like he wants to be a superstar. It sometimes it's hard to bring in another person into a locker room that wants to be a superstar that has been a superstar that has to kind of compete with a bunch of other uh, pretty big names. Right. So yeah. um, I, I do wonder about where he wants to fit in a lineup. Maybe there's a team where he could have better opportunity in a top six role than the Maple Leafs. Um, but yeah, I think the 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 defensive uh, gap is a lot bigger than trying to slot an expensive esque Patrick Kane into your top six. Yeah. But hey, no, see what the Leafs do. I think there'll be some. I think the Leafs are going to be hungry to do something. Uh, I hope they're just not hungry for like a big name just to make people like excited. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, I think you got to think bigger than just like woo Patrick Kane <laughs> for fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was four fars along with us. She's our Wednesday regular here on Sportsnet today. Uh, you mentioned it. The Leafs off uh, to Sweden as part of the NHL Global Series. The Sens are there. The Red Wings are there. The Minnesota Wild are there. Uh, I'm curious. I don't know how much they talked about this before they left. Maybe it's a conversation more for next week when the team's back. But I'm curious how guys have seen this sort of experiment happening mid-season because there's just there's like a two-week gap on the Leafs schedule where they play two games over in Sweden, and then they've got to get right back to it. They've got a doubleheader next weekend against Chicago and Pittsburgh. I, I totally understand the NHL's perspective of of growing the game and the Leafs and all these teams have these great Swedish players and they've brought us some really great talent to North America. But I don't know, this seems like a, a very big gap in the schedule and a very big thing for these four teams to manage that the rest of the NHL doesn't have to go through midseason. Yeah, I see it in two ways as well. Like, it's important to make this more of a global game where, like, you are playing. Like, the NFL does a good job, too, and I wonder if they kind of complain about it, too. You go over to England for a week. But, I mean, they are getting the best treatment, uh, flights, hotels. Like, they they don't have to uh, want for anything. But I, I do think, like, getting out of the routine of playing a uh, couple games a week, practicing in your barn, knowing like your routine can be uh, a lot. Like we've done it before where we've had away trips where I played in a tournament. Like I played in this world championship in Siberia. And I think for like legit a month after I was, I was like, what year is this? Where am I? Like it can take a lot of uh, off your body just in terms of travel and like getting back into routine. So I think that it it will be a challenge when they come back. I will say that there's a huge Swedish connection with the Maple Leafs. I'd say that they probably, if you like pulled Swedish hockey fans, like the Leafs would be a top three team. They have such a great connection to, to that culture and some amazing hockey players. Like just think about Matt Sundin is going to be there to, to see the Leafs this weekend. You know, obviously the Boreas Salming stuff is, is really fresh and really emotional for a lot of these Leafs players. They were there at a movie premiere for him. I think it was last night, uh, whatever time zone or yesterday. 
So I think there's a lot of off-ice stuff that's going to mean a lot to this team. Uh, the Leafs have a bunch of Swedes, which is really awesome, too. Obviously, um, William Nylander is kind of being the forefront of it. I think it gives them a big opportunity, too, for William Nylander to kind of start to become the face of Swedish hockey. There's been a little bit of a gap for a bit. Um, he's obviously one of the faces of the NHL right now, but I wonder if this trip allows for more younger Swedish fans to really connect with him because there's a lot of legends. He's not a legend yet but he's one of the best forwards in the NHL right now. So I think there's so much off-ice stuff that could really positively benefit this team over in Sweden. Um, It's just you have to take the game seriously still, even though they're at a weird time and the fans are not your regular fans. The coming back and getting into the next week when we chat and we're like, what happened to these guys? <laughs> I wouldn't expect like the most fiery game when they come back um, from Sweden. But sometimes like those trips are really important for a team, for bonding, uh, for just like getting out of your regular routine. So I hope it comes out more positive for like the off ice stuff as well. Uh, that connection with the, the Swedish community, uh, I think could be really special for them. And you know what? We always complain like other teams get to do fun stuff, like playing a winter classic. Leafs get to go to Sweden. It's kind of cool for us to to also like have something different to to to, to talk about and to follow um, in our day to day Leafs coverage. One hundred percent. Look, I've pushed this as far as I possibly can. Uh, I've wanted to avoid it if possible. I was hoping maybe you'd have a bad phone connection. That didn't happen. Oh, uh, no. I'm, I'm, no I got five phones got a landline and everything. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you missed it last week, we uh, decided that when the Flames and Leafs met that we would come up with some sort of wager between Ailish and myself. Uh, we decided, uh, Ailish decided, uh, on a, uh, a poem for the opposing fan base uh, for whoever won. Uh, I went through a roller coaster of emotions. It was 4-1 leaps, and it was 4-4. Uh, and I continued to pick up a pen and then drop a pen and think uh, of ways to get out of this. But I couldn't get out of it. Uh, so I have a couple of different things set up here to make up for my side of the bet. Wow. Um, I hope you're excited. This this was a lot for me. Uh, I'm not a poetry guy. Uh, I'm well, no... I heard from Taylor that you tried to pass it on to Taylor. So, uh <laughs> I want to see your written penmanship That's on this afterwards. Some sort of, <laughs> some sort of teammate I got over there in Taylor. Uh, for, let's just, uh, I think this is this, you know, I hope you guys are ready to put a lot of work into this. And uh, this is what Can't I was uh, able to come up with. Slam poetry, yelling, angry, waving my hands a lot. Specific point of view on things. Cynthia. Cynthia. Jesus died for our Cynthia's. Jesus cried. Runaway bride. Julia Roberts. Julia Rob. Hurts. <laughs> Cynthia. Mm, Cynthia. You're dead. You are dead. Bop, boop, beep, bop, bop, boop, bop. You're dead. That's for Cynthia. He's dead. He's dead. Hmm. <laughs> that was actually 22 Jump Street. That was Jonah Hill. That yeah, was, uh, it was. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, was yeah. unfortunately not. You don't think not, I sneaked yeah, that no. by me, eh? <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was my inspiration I'll, I'll go with. I love that. Uh, I did have a couple people text me some fun different ones uh, of Perfect. course as you might imagine the internet is full of uh different things I-, I liked this one it wasn't in the spirit of what we were doing uh but i want to share it anyways 
Uh, this one says, Roses are red, violets smell like heaven. The Toronto Maple Leafs have been losers since 1967. Okay, no, okay. No, no, see, that was, I had to be nice about it, so we're going to go with a nicer one. Uh, Cam, you can cue up the music. We've got this all set to go. Uh, all right. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, here we go. <clears throat> Under GM Brad Living, the Leafs are making a new beginning. Here comes the enforcer Reeves. The opposition leaves. Max Domi may not be Ty Domi, but he's skilled and tough. He's their diamond in the rough. Samsonov's acrobatics make fans scream, but he's assisting the Maple Leafs to score their dream. Wool will make the Leafs mighty and tall. He's their new great wall. An ace up their sleeves is Matthew Nyes. They hope that Nylander won't leave to wander leaving Mitch Marner to ponder. There you go. That's uh, that's the best I could do. I'm not... I think I got like a oh 70 goodness. in grade 7 poetry. That's um, I'm clapping. That's, that was you. actually impeccable. Thank wow. you very much. I appreciate all, the, the, all the effort you put into this. That was... It was really moving. Honestly, yeah. I, I had to mute. Uh, I was getting emotional listening <laughs> to it. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, luckily very for fun. me, the Flames and the Leafs play once again this season in Calgary. Uh, and hopefully uh, I can return the favor and the Flames win, and oh, Ailish yes. will have to do something uh, equally as embarrassing as what I just did. Uh, you're the best, Ailish. I thanks for it. this, as always. Uh, thanks so much. That was that made my week. Uh, what's that next week? <laughs> See you, pal. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye now. Ailish Forfar joining us from Sportsnet 590, the fan uh, in Toronto. Uh, to do a stupid poem for the stupid Maple Leafs who beat the Flames last week. And you know what? The worst part about this is, Cam? What? So Ailish brought up the bet on the show last week. Right. It was like 4.30, and I hadn't texted her. And just before the game started, <laughs> I texted her. I was like, oh, are we still going to do the bet? Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do a poem thing. I could have left it, and we could have just let it be a non-thing. But you have but to I had follow to up chime up. I had to chime in. and Hey, what are we doing for the bet? We're going to do the bet. The stupid bet. Flames <laughs> have the worst start in 20 years, and I'm betting on them. <laughs> great. Great. Really smart. Better than betting money these days. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's my personal pride. I don't have any uh, of that, so. You'll be all right. It might as well go out the door. Um, I'm glad that's over. We're going to take a break. Um, I'm going to try to come to my senses on the other side and get ready uh, for our chat with Andy McNamara, who luckily I don't have any bets with. Uh, it's just our regular segment of Ask Andy. Our fantasy football guru is coming up next. If you have fantasy football questions for Andy, start sending them into 960 960- 960 NFL chat with AMC's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, let's close out this hour in the best way I know how. Our Wednesday regular Andy McNamara is on the line. Time to get you set for another week of NFL football up to week 11, and it kicks off on Thursday night with the Bengals and the Ravens. Great little AFC North matchup. Looking forward to that one. If you've got fantasy football questions, start texting them into us at 960-960. Bye weeks for the Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints. We'll get to uh, a couple questions with AMC here in just a moment before we hand it over to you for another edition of Ask Andy. So start texting us at 960-960 if you need fantasy football advice. Uh, Andy is here to save your week as he always is. And we welcome him to the program 
right now. AMC, happy Wednesday, pal. How you doing? Logan, buddy. Yeah, well, I'd say good, but uh, to be quite honest, I've been shook all day over this Deshaun Watson news, so I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not in the best of moods, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. Being on with you and the, uh, the Sportsnet 960 crew always, always makes me happy. So let's rock and roll. Good to hear, Pavel. Let's start with that news out of Cleveland. It's the biggest story uh, right now in the NFL. Deshaun Watson shut down for the rest of the season. He suffered a shoulder injury in the first half of last Sunday's win over the Ravens. And, man, wouldn't it have been nice, Andy, I'm sure, for you to enter this week heading into it with good news, a big comeback win over your division rivals, feeling good about the Browns going forward, and then all of a sudden, this news. Good news, he's expected to make a full recovery for the start of the 2024 campaign, but what does this do for the Browns in the remainder of this season in your mind? Well, the wild thing, Logan, is that when Deshaun Watson returns, hopefully healthy in 2024, that'll be the start of the third year of his five-year deal with the Browns. And he's never really gotten back to full strength since his long layoff. So we're entering year three, and you hope you finally get Deshaun Watson. So it's turning into even more and more so just a, a debacle of a deal. He looked great last week in the second half against the Ravens. What a signature win. And now this news. So what it means really for the Browns is fantasy football-wise, downgrades Amari Cooper, sadly, um, to like a WR3 or flex, I think, at least for this week. I, I do think it ups the value of Jerome Ford and uh, Kareem Hunt, who's been a touchdown machine. And for the AFC North overall, uh, I just hope the Browns can edge out the Steelers with defense because their offense stinks uh, as well. So, But you're putting a rookie, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, not P.J. Walker, and I do not recommend our listeners start DTR in fantasy against that Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, just tough timing, man. Right in the midst of, you know, two very important divisional games. The AFC North is is a wild, wild place right now. And yeah. I mentioned it Thursday night. It's going to take another turn as the Ravens oh. and Bengals meet up in what should be a really good matchup, AMC. Yeah, that that one is uh, – I cannot wait for that one. Personally, I hope the Bengals do win, keeps the Ravens in check. Ravens are banged up. Browns beat them up defensively, offensively. Like, there was a pancake by Wyatt Teller the Garden. I don't know if you saw the Cedric Tillman, who just, just decimated Van Noy, and then he got up and got a, a, an unsportsmanlike penalty because uh, he, he was upset that he got embarrassed. <laughs> Ravens are beat up, man, and they're, they're going to be in tough against the Bengals team who isn't at full strength either with their wide receiver core. Tyler Boyd, uh, boy, that was a great pickup last week if you played Tyler Boyd. I did in, in one of my leagues. And it looks like he should still get significant shares of the touches with T Higgins likely out and Jamar chase still not hundred percent. So that's just going to be, I think a pretty fun one to watch. Uh, some early injury news to take a look at as we head into week 11 sounds as though Justin Fields is trending towards uh, being back in the lineup. Wouldn't be an easy spot for him to return to uh, the bears are in Detroit getting set to take on the lions this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Justin Fields owner, are you putting him right back into the lineup? Oh boy, and I am in in one of my leagues. Um, really depends on who you've been getting by with in the meantime. So, for I'll give you my personal example. So, I've actually been getting by with Sam Howell, and it was a desperation pickup a couple of weeks ago. But I'm like, actually, Sam Howell's doing really well in fantasy, and they're playing the New York Giants. So, for example, this week 
I would go Sam Howell over Justin Fields to give you a, a sort of comparison there. Um, if you're in a situation where you are in, were in desperation mode and you're Zach Wilson or Tommy DeVito or something ridiculous, then yeah, go with Justin Fields still has his legs. It's always difficult, especially with a QB that was finding his stride to a degree, but you come back to vision game in Detroit. It's not ideal. So depending on who else you have, it's not a definite no, but be, be careful. Does this help out uh, a guy like DJ Moore, who's had a pretty consistent floor this year, but just hasn't been able to do it with Tyler Bajan to yeah. quarterback? I think so. I think it does for DJ Moore. Um, again, is there going to be rust on Justin Fields throwing? Probably, but we know he looks the way of DJ Moore first, second, and then it's Cole Komet. So for DJ Moore, this is good news. I think no matter what, if Justin Fields is in that lineup, um, so I would I would upgrade his fantasy status and start him confidently. Uh, bye week news for the New England Patriots, who won't have any impact this week, but it sure sounds like uh, it took 11 weeks plus AMC for them to move on from Mac Jones this season. Sounds like it'll be an open competition when they come back for their week 12 game. Uh, that week they're in New York to take on the lowly Giants. Uh, any fantasy hope for anybody in New England with a quarterback oh. change on the horizon? Boy, what a mess, Logan. Like, And it's boring. That's the other thing. It's a boring mess. Not a fun mess. Not a, New York Giants are a fun mess. You got Tommy DeVito's family in the crowd. They're looking like they're out of Goodfellas. They're crazy. <laughs> the, the Giants are a fun mess. That's someone throwing spaghetti all over the place. The, the Patriots, they're boring. They're just, it's like a funeral. It's just quiet. It's boring. The offense is boring. The defense is boring. Belichick's boring. There's nothing there. The only thing, I don't think it really matters who, which one starts at quarterback. Ramondre Stevenson remains a nice RB two, And probably Demario Davis, just because there's nobody else, uh, remains a WR3 kind of high-end flex just based on Vaughn. Like, he's going to get you what, 12 fantasy points, which is if you're in that spot, a WR3 or flex, that's fine. You know, that's, that's okay. Get you 12, 14. That's, that's okay. Um, but nothing really to be excited about at all. I don't think it matters at this point. Who's a quarterback. Andy McNamara is along with us. Our fantasy football guru said to answer your questions for another edition of ask Andy. The week 11 edition is coming up. Make sure to send your questions into nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero start sit options. Uh, if you're still looking at picking somebody up off the waiver wire, if you have dynasty questions, trade deadline is around the corner for many in the fantasy football world. You get any of those questions, send us through uh, at 960-960. Andy, as we're getting set for week 11, uh, a lot of people looking at the Buffalo Bills after a disappointing Mm. uh, performance from Josh Allen. Uh, I didn't realize until the broadcast brought it up just how often he's been turning over the ball but to finish with a 59.3 passer rating, just one touchdown and 177 yards uh, through the air. If you're somebody that drafted Josh Allen as a top-end quarterback in fantasy football, you're feeling it right now. Oh, you sure are. Oh, yeah, especially where you drafted him, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's ugly. Now, here's where I think there is a bit of a silver lining. We have seen Josh Allen and the Bills in general, but specifically Josh Allen, Overall, last couple of years, bounce back, right? If you get beat, you get embarrassed, you lose, he's bounced back. He's put up big games. We can look specifically to the start of the year. Lost to the Jets when Aaron Rodgers went out, came back, demolished um, the uh, uh, 
uh, who was it? The Raiders yep. and, and looked really good. So I think in this case, they fired offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, right? They have um, whoever it is, Joe Brady, I think uh, LSU guy from uh, uh, who handled the Joe Burrow. I think we're going to see an uptick. I would feel confident with the bills this week. Now, if they lay an egg this week, then all bets are off, but I would feel comfortable starting your usual Buffalo bills in a game where you can win. It's a division rival, tough D against the Jets, but I think you can see Josh Allen's going to look to make a statement. And they're going to, and the, the Bills want to put him in a position to make that statement because he's their guy with that OC chain. So I think we have a good game out of Josh Allen and the Bills this week. All right, text lines filling up. No better time to start than now. Let's get it set for another Week 11 edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He's got fantasy answers. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, AMC, it's the week 11 edition. Uh, you ready to go? Let's rock and roll, man. Uh, keep sending those texts into 960-960. Uh, start off with a quarterback question. Uh, do we go Tua or Justin Fields this week? Oh, go Tua. With Justin Fields, we don't. I, again, we don't know how he's going to look, right? Right away. I know it was a, a tough one against Kansas City and coming off the bye, but you're playing Vegas, man. Like, yeah, okay, they've won a couple cute games. That's fine, but I'm 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 happy with Tua. Uh, all right, a little bit of a longer one here, but uh, this is uh, I have Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, and Derrick Henry as running backs on my roster. Uh, I currently have Kyle Pitts as my tight end. He's on a bye this week. Uh, I was yeah. offered a trade of Brees Hall for Mark Andrews. Do I make that deal? Only notable tight ends in free agency, Fryermuth, Musgrave, and Everett. So he would trade Brees Hall for Mark Andrews. Steve Mark Andrews? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Click My gosh. Yes. Right, right now, click yes and say no takebacks on that deal. Yes. So <laughs> am I. Like I, like, I know Brees Hall's had a few nice games this year, but come on. Last couple of weeks, he had 10. He went on a nice three, four-week run. But, uh, yeah, you – you get Mark Andrews. Yes. Yeah. Big upgrade on the tight end position wow. there for sure. And you got some good running back depth there with uh, those other names. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that one, AMC. Uh, this one says, hey, guys, I'm in a PPR league where you can keep one player. Uh, I'm unable to keep Christian McCaffrey beyond this year. Mm. So with that in mind, would you trade Christian McCaffrey and DK Metcalf for Austin <laughs> Eckler and Cooper Cup? I'm in third, so I don't want to kill my chances for this season. I like the Austin Eckler part of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Cooper Cup coming out of the bye. You're playing Seattle. Look at the last three weeks. Logan, he has not reached seven fantasy points, below seven fantasy points in three straight games. That's, that's, not, that's not great. Um, I, I understand. I would see if there was – maybe somebody else other than Cooper cup. Cause you're giving up Christian McCaffrey, even if you can't keep him, right? Like I would almost rather like, you have to just like in real life, you have to figure in fantasy at some point you got to go all in. Yeah. Right. So if you've got a championship. It might be worth keeping McCaffrey. You lose him. Okay. But maybe that leads you to a championship, especially if you're in third, that means the rest of your roster is probably pretty good. So I wouldn't be giving him away. Uh, I would look for something better to, uh, for, for Cooper cup in addition to Austin Eckler there. Uh, this text, uh, what up, lads? Stroud or Tua this week? Oh, I, I'm not doubting C.J. Stroud, man. Nope. That dude is on fire. On fire. And stack. Stack as well. Right? Go go stack uh, Noah Brown. Go stack 
uh, Tank Dell. Oh, by the way, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, um, rock solid start. But again, with two, you're playing the Raiders. You're going to have a good week either way. I'm just not down C.J. Stroud, man. That guy um, has been sensational for a rookie, but above and beyond any sort of expectations. Uh, speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, Andy, how are you feeling about Kyler Murray after his return mm. last week? Boy, see, Kyler Murray always has the possibility where it's like, okay, you got his legs a little bit, right? What does it what does it look like? So let's let's see what he did last week. Eighteen point two six fantasy points, so good above expectations. But he did throw a pick, ran in a touchdown. Now you get a game back where you can work out the kinks a little bit more. Um, depends on the alternative. I, I would suggest judging by most waiver wires. Boy, man, I think it's probably worth rolling with Kyler Murray over some of the, the scrubs extras. Like, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of options where it's not going to be ideal. So I think you you probably go with Kyler unless there's some ridiculous option sitting out there. Uh, Andy, what defense would you stream this week, Philly or Tampa Bay? Philly is uh, the Monday nighter against the Chiefs, and the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers are taking on the 49ers. Oh, boy. I would probably like I I don't want to be putting defenses against the Chiefs, right? That seems like a even though it could be a lower scoring game and Chiefs offense might not be where it has been in the past. I don't really want to gamble with that. By the way, that's you know Super Bowl rematch. Can't wait for that one. That that's going to be amazing. 49ers, although they dominated Jacksonville last week, the three prior weeks not good. So I think you go. It's Buccaneers on the road. You could be in tough shape either way. I would look to see if there's um, floating around. Maybe is, is the Texans defense floating around because they can be a little bit under the radar. You know, take a, take a peek. Maybe the Vikings are still out there. Take a peek on the waiver wire. See if there's any other D's. Uh, speaking of the 49ers and the Bucks, I look right now. Seems like a very high number to me to favor San Fran by 11 and a half against the Bucks. Am I? Yeah, that's a very large number. I'm with you. It's 11 and a half over under set at 41 and a half. I'd take the under, and I would take the Buccaneers to cover. Uh, on the road, probably not going to win, but 11 and a half? Like, the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield have um, been not just competitive. Like, you, you know, you lost that stretch, but you won last week against the Titans. You did go on a bit of a slip. Um, but you're hanging around. You're, you're competitive. I think yeah. 11 and a half is too much. Yeah, really big number for a team that's beat New Orleans. Yeah. Held Detroit to 20 points. They were right in there with Buffalo. That's a bit of a, a strange one. Yeah, interesting. Keep an eye on that heading into Sunday uh, if you're mm-hmm. into that sort of stuff. Uh, let's get back to this here. Robin Warman, a regular here. Uh, Andy, what would be a realistic draft pick in return for Calvin Ridley in a dynasty league? Mm, boy, those questions, without knowing the league, those are always really tough, right? Um, but I would say if you're looking at it, like Ridley, I, I still think – can be the premier player on that team. It's really been Christian Kirk so far overall as wide receiver, which has been quite surprising. Um, But we've seen Ridley pop a little bit last week, stunk the week before he was good. He's up and down. Yeah. I don't know what sounds right low, like third, fourth round, you know, maybe fourth, the way he's playing there. Like I wouldn't expect to get too much just because he hasn't wowed. I I do think long-term though, he's going to be really good. Uh, trade high on Dalton Kincaid. I'm in need of a running back before the trade deadline. So 
So uh, we're asking whether to trade for Dalton Kincaid or trade away Dalton trade Kincaid away to get a running back. To get a running back. You might be playing with fire, though, man, with the tight ends, yeah. right? What's your tight? What is your tight end solution? Because you look on any waiver wire, it gets ugly immediately. Like there, there's, there's nothing. Unless Trey McBride's sitting there and he's only available in about forty-five percent of most Yahoo leagues, you know, that'd be kind of the only option. Otherwise, you're you're kind of floating around. So I'm not against it, but you better have somebody who can replace him to a degree at tight end. Otherwise you're just fill, creating another hole to fill a hole. Uh, give me some QB advice, Andy love or Mayfield this week. Mm, I, I would like to roll with Baker, but that San Francisco defense on the road to in San Fran, that's a bit spooky. And Bosa has had Baker's number in the past when he was with the Browns. He really, uh, really put the boots to him on, on one time. So I'd say avoid Baker. Jordan Love has certainly come crashing back down to earth in recent weeks. Did pop up a little bit. Now two picks, but did throw two touchdowns, ran a couple times as well. You're playing the Chargers. Um, so out of those two specifically, I would say Jordan Love. Uh, our pal Rob sent this in on Twitter using the hashtag AskAndy, uh, which you can also do if you miss getting your question in uh, during our segments every week. Uh, Rob needs you to start two: uh, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, Joe Mixon, or Gus Edwards. Mm, yes, 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 yes. So Josh Jacobs, absolutely. Josh Jacobs has been the real deal again, and has not the the uh, rushing king level that he was last year, but certainly great. Um, I see the tweet as well. Yeah, he's right. I wouldn't play Cooper out of this group. Amari Cooper for the Browns with DTR going in the rookie fifth rounder, and I'd say between Mixon and Edwards. Depends on your risk-reward. Short week for Baltimore. They're banged up. Mixon has been much more consistent. Gus Edwards has had super high spikes, but also lows, and is really touchdown dependent. So with the injuries to the, the wide receivers uh, with Cincinnati, I think I go Joe Mixon here. So give me Jacobs and Mixon. Uh, a couple more before we let you go here, Andy. Uh, this text is, hey, Andy, I keep leaving victories on my bench. Give me two mm-hmm. running backs and a flex here in half PPR. Your names are McCaffrey, Etienne, Walker, Rashad White, James Conner. I need three of those. Okay, we need three. So we'll go McCaffrey, obviously. Yep. Etienne, yes. Um, and who are the other ones available? Kenneth so we're Walker, sure. Rashad White, okay, Walker. James Conner. I liked what I saw out of out of Connor. Even though, he, if you just look at the fantasy number, it's like, ooh, he didn't get a touchdown, but he had the he had the yards and immediately had the carries back. So I really like that. That uh, that Rams defense for Seattle spooks me a little bit. Um, I would say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say James Connor. I'm going to say James Connor over Kenneth Walker. It's a bit risky, but I, I think James Connor just showing how. Well, he did uh, accepting that workload first game back. I think you can only go up. Uh, let's end it off uh, surprisingly with two Brock Purdy questions, Andy. Ah. Uh, Purdy or Burroughs this week? We've mentioned Purdy's got the Buccaneers at home. Burroughs is taking on the Ravens on Thursday night football. Uh, Purdy biz popped back a little bit last couple of weeks, right? After yep. uh, falling to the Browns. So he's come back a bit. You got Tampa Bay. I still, I still think Joe Burrow. Um, that, like I said, the Ravens are beat up. They're going to be coming in hurting and limping to this game. So I still give an edge to Joe Burrow here. And last but not least, boys, I'm I'm four, five, and one. I need a win this week. 
Sam Howell or Brock Purdy? Howell and the Commanders are at home to the Giants. I got it. I got to go Sam Howell. I yeah. And that is advice that I am personally also starting Sam Howell in one of my leagues. It, it's over Justin Fields, but I would say Sam Howell. The Giants, we know how bad they are. Sam Howell has been clicking. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to have a bad game by any means, but Sam Howell, man, they just throw the ball all the time. So yeah. I think that, that gives you more opportunity for success. So I, I say Sam Howell. Uh, Andy, what's going on in the podcast, man? I imagine a lot of Deshaun Watson talk this week. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, I had a great chat with Nathan Zagura, the Browns uh, color commentator on the radio side. Tuesday, we're laughing, we're having fun, and then kapow! We got smacked <laughs> down with this. So we're coming Sunday in hot, 10 a.m. Eastern live, lots of fantasy football talk. We'll certainly touch on the Browns uh, the Brown Steelers game. It's going to be a big matchup. Give you a preview for that, but tons of fantasy football and betting talk using hashtag AskAndy, and that's on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. YouTube channel, you can tune in, jump in the chat live, or send it on Twitter. Um, and on Twitter, follow us uh, at SickPodBrowns. You're the best, pal. Thanks, as always, for the time, Andy. We'll chat next week, pal. All right, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He joins us every Wednesday here on Sportsnet Today uh, with another edition of Ask Andy. Again, if you missed it, uh, check him out on any of the podcasts or the YouTube feeds that he does. But you can also, uh, he's nice enough, if you just tweet at him, at AndyMC81, using the hashtag AskAndy with your fantasy football questions, he's also nice enough to answer them for you there as well. So in case you missed it, there's another option for you to get some fantasy football advice ahead of Thursday night with the Bengals and the Ravens. That's putting a wrap on the show today. It's been a busy one. A lot of Calgary Flames talking hour one if you missed it. Reaction to the Flames win over the Habs and hearing from a couple members of the team as they're back in Calgary, getting set for a two-game homestand. Hour two, we talked a lot of Maple Leafs with Alice Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. And, of course, our weekly chat with Andy McNamara. Hit us up on the podcast if you missed any of it. Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we'd love for you to subscri- uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, be along for the ride every single day. If you're not listening live, thank you to our guests. Thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, for their great work on this Wednesday. And thank you for listening live or on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Real Kipper and Bourne is coming up next. Flames talk with Steinberg and Vickers. And then for the first time tonight, it is Calgary Wranglers hockey on your radios. Sandra Prasina and Maddie Rose will call the Bakersfield Condors and the Calgary Wranglers. Me and GVP got your Wranglers pregame show at 6 o'clock. So we got hockey on your airwaves tonight. That's when we'll talk to you next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.